the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You are about to listen to American Signpost, a thought that points us back to God. Did America attract the right kind of people, or did America give the people we attracted the right kind of vision? I am Pastor William Boylan. This is an American Signpost. Jesus did not have an available list of the right kind of people to call to follow him. The Bible cannot be more clear. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Scripture says, none is good. No, not one. Jesus upbraided the man for calling him good. He told him, none is good but God alone. Jesus was really saying, don't call me good until you can call me God. Jesus transforms those he calls. He virtually recreates those to whom he grants faith in his name. The vision of the country in our American Constitution is transformative. It can put those we attract on the right path. Let's defend and protect our Constitution. Welcome to Signpost. Signposts has been posing one question. How can America's past shed light on her future? Join Signpost host, Pastor William Boylan, and his son, author Andrew Boylan, as they visit America's foundation to understand better what's happening in the world today. Get ready to hear about America's beginnings, as you've probably never heard before. Now, let's join Signpost. Good afternoon. Welcome to Signposts. I'm one of your hosts, Andrew Boylan, uh, here with my father, Pastor William Boylan. We're welcoming my sister back, Alexandra Boylan, um, from Mustard Seed Entertainment. But for a moment, I want to just take a second to do some house cleaning, um, remind people that uh, you can check us out at PastorBoylan.com and uh, find out what we're up to and check out the new events coming up. There's a big one coming up on August 10th. I'll be at the Barnes & Nobles in Millbury, Massachusetts, hosting um, a panel of writers discussing writing and publishing and new media. So um, anybody who out there who is a writer or, or has ever thought about writing a book or uh, just enjoys reading, um, come by Millbury, Massachusetts, 630 on Thursday, August the 10th, um, and I'll be there. But we're really excited to have um, Alexandra. Welcome. Thank you. Always excited to be here. Thanks for having me on your show. It's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. We're really excited to talk about your films to, to reacquaint people who may have and new listeners who may not know that you make female-driven faith-based films. Mm-hmm. And uh, we uh, want to take a moment just to uh, talk about your your past and sort of how you got to making your own films. I certainly know the story, but I'd like to hear it from you. So tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, I started off um, at 19 years old pursuing acting full force in Hollywood. And uh, after 10 years of pounding the pavement, I got a little fed up with waiting for other people to choose me. And I decided that I would start choosing myself. And I started writing my own projects and producing my own films and Uh, Then God decided that he wanted me to make faith-based films, and he called me to do that. I had made a bunch of web series and shorts, and um, we did a thriller feature that was our first that Andrew, my brother, wrote called Home Sweet Home. And after we sold that movie, our sales rep asked us if we would make a faith-based film, and he didn't even know that I was a Christian or that I was a minister's kid. 
And I walked away from the meeting going, oh, my gosh, God, you want me to make faith-based films. And I, we got the opportunity to make our first film called Catching Faith, which is um, a, a football female-driven faith-based film. But we didn't – my husband, John Katie Graham, who directs the film, we didn't have enough money to make the movie and pay for our rent in Los Angeles. So we believed so much that we were called to do this that we put everything we owned in storage and we gave up our apartment and we went on the road for a full year to make Catching Faith. And we really – why our company is called Mustard Seed Entertainment is that – you know, we believe that in GS name, you can move mountains. And we really took a leap of faith with that film. We didn't even know if we would get funded for the film. And when we were on the road, I just constantly had a lot of fear that I would never get back to Los Angeles. I would <laughs> run out of complete money. And then we, by the grace of God, we made that movie with a $75,000 budget and went on to sell it um, across uh, I don't know, 36 continents or something. I have it written down here. But we uh, were on Netflix, Catching Faith on Netflix. Um, We sold to a very big distribution company. And I was like, okay, from now on, I'm just going to trust God and never worry when you uh, step out on a leap of faith, you know? Yeah, wow, that's an amazing amazing story. um, You said something in there, and I want to go back to it. You said when you felt called to make faith-based films versus what you had been doing before and and building up, you're in a meeting. What was the impetus, uh, the big transition moment for you out of making commercial films to making, or standard Hollywood films to making faith-based? Well, you know, people ask me that question a lot, and I think the difference is I don't see a difference. I didn't, no, I feel like there is a stigma with faith-based films, and that actually becomes, I think, some of the problem with faith-based films. But we... We um, go into making these movies just like any film. We're telling a story, and within the story, the characters have faith. And I think that's what sets our movies apart from other faith-based films Mm. is that um, we are all filmmakers, and we approach it as a film, not as a sermon, not as we're not – we're actually not making the films to convert people. We're actually making the films to encourage people's faith, to ask questions mm-hmm. so the audience leaves and the ki- and, and parents can talk to their kids and kids can ask their parents. And we really actually just want to um, encourage people with their faith. And that really is our mission, making movies. Some people are mm-hmm. evangelistic and that's what they want to do. They want to convert people. I know, you know, God's not dead mm-hmm. in some of those films. But we really come from a filmmaking standpoint and just thought that we could actually do it not better, just a little bit different, kind of like Christian music. Sometimes people can really tell it's Christian music versus mainstream music. What is that? And Mm -hmm. what's the same with films? Like your question, there really shouldn't be a difference. It should Mm -hmm. just be, you could put my film up against a a Hollywood blockbuster and you wouldn't be able to see the difference. Mm -hmm. Besides the message, (laughs) maybe. The message is different. But does that make sense? Does that answer the question? I think it does. I mean, I think, I mean, I I was just interested. I was was partly interested in in what was that moment in your Mm -hmm. life that changed. Like, I understand and actually, I think I fundamentally think that's a very interesting approach um, to rather than make a different kind of movie, make a film like everyone else is making that tells a different narrative right. that says, here, this is I believe in God and this is going to be a part of this story. Um, and I think that's a powerful approach um, to tell that within the context of a film and not using the film to be a sermon, right. but to represent Christian lives in a film. Exactly. I mean, I think that's the frustrating thing when you go to the film so often now that it is it is the dark heart that is being 
given the heroic role, mm-hmm. whereas you're giving a positive role to the to the hero. The hero's journey is now a journey that looks towards the light rather mm-hmm. than towards the darkness. That, you nailed it. <laughs> and, um, you nailed our mission. <laughs> And I think it's very powerful. Well, when you say, uh, Alexandra, that, uh, you know, it's not evangelistic, and I know what you mean, and it's not. It's not, uh, it's not really evangelistic in a direct way. But what's interesting is um, many of the more evangelistic films actually, and I'm just making an observation. I could be wrong because it's not statistical, and I didn't do a study on this, and I just didn't observe it. But it seems to me that the more evangelistic films as such really don't get very wide distribution be, or at least uh, attendance beyond the Christian community in the first place. Mm-hmm. So uh, they really are evangelizing the evangelized. That's that's exactly how we feel. And I, you're really speaking to an audience and we're talking to Christians. We're not – right, exactly. The people who are going to these movies are Christians. It's, it's very hard to say I'm going to make this and hope that nonbelievers are going to come and become Christians. That is a, a really far stretch filmmaking is a very challenging career anyway you're going and you're trying to i mean there's so much noise in the world today you're trying to beat out social media and movies and television and youtube and so we know what audience we're going after so we want to speak to them we want to encourage christians on their journey um who are already there and and um you know, just kind of grappling with questions that they probably have on a day-to-day basis. Catching Faith is about telling the truth when no one's looking. And it's a very um, simple story with a big message that I think helps Christians walk away going, huh, maybe I should do act different or maybe I should tell my children, um, I give a different example to them as they grow up. And it's really just kind of exactly what you said. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, it, uh, tell uh Andrew asked you this uh, in an oblique way. Let me ask you directly. Uh, where has this film gone? What has God done with it? You know, it, it seems to me that, uh, and if I can take a minute to kind of uh, put this in the Bible context, uh, it's very interesting to see the way that God himself, the Holy Spirit, uh, orchestrated the first outreach of the gospel. What he did was he gathered and it says this if people want to look it up in their Bible. He gathered people, the Lord did, from every nation under heaven, it says. It's in the Acts chapter 2, and it's verse 5. You read it for yourself if you have your Bible handy and you're listening to us. Take a look at that fifth verse of the second chapter, because it says that Jews from every nation under heaven were assembled on the day of Pentecost. Mm. And so then there was this event they thought it was a, we could call it a hullabaloo. <laughs> in other words, something happened, uh, and people thought, what's going on? It, it, it sounded like almost a drunken brawl, uh, and yet it was against the law to drink before 9 in the morning. <laughs> so they came to find out, well, what's going on here? And it attracted them. And Peter stood up and said, we're not drunk at all. What's happened is that the, and the of course, he's talking to fellow Jews, because that's how the gospel begins to go out to the Jew first and to the Gentile. And he said, no, 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 this is what uh, Joel uh, prophesied way, way back in time. He said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy your omen, she visions. This has happened. And so they got, it got their attention. And then he told them the fulfillment. He said, well, what's happened is uh, God has raised a man from the dead. He was dead. Everybody knew he was dead. He's alive. And that's our testimony. If he's alive, that proves something. It proves that God tells the truth. It proves that God can do whatever he wanted. I mean, you can take all the ramifications. Mm. But he told that to representatives of the whole world, right? 
Now, I'm saying this in light of your films, you know, uh, and where they're going, because now you're sitting before a microphone here in Boston. Boston is what Jerusalem was 2,000 years ago. Jerusalem was the most influential city on earth. God sent his message to Jerusalem. It went everywhere. All these people went back home. They went back home with the message. Now, you're, you're, you're in the most, right now, you're sitting in the most influential city on earth, according to the statisticians. And maybe God's repeating what he did back 2,000 years ago, getting the message out. But my real point is that that's what's going on. You do something. You present this massive truth that, uh, that it matters that you're, now put it in my term, you're a truthful person. Not just you tell the truth because of some law or something, but you really care about the truth and you don't care whether people are listening or not you're gonna that's a, that's a powerful that's a powerful message in that movie you made mm-hmm. right yeah <laughs> i mean I that's so. the line that gets you yeah right? truth teacher so mm-hmm. where has god taken that truth that's a long way to ask the question but i <laughs> but i want to contextualize it so uh so the, especially the hearer uh whoever you're listening on radio if you understand the meaning of my question this 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 movie that alexandra and her husband have made uh if you take it's serious that God's in charge of this world. Where's he taking it? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's it's incredible because we made such an independent film with Catching Faith for the finances. And what God did with it is pretty extraordinary. We sold to a company called Image Entertainment. And um, we released in South Africa, uh, South Korea. Well, we were we were bought by companies out of South Africa, Korea, South Korea, <laughs> Australia, the United States and Canada, and the list goes on. And it's um, been really incredible. We had an email from a woman from a village in South Africa who saw the movie Catching Faith on her TV and went out of her way to find my sister who writes the companion materials that go with the film, this three-page email about how the movie changed her life and she wanted to buy all the workbooks and do start a Bible study in her village. And I remember the day I got the email and I just couldn't stop crying. It was actually before the movie released in America. And I just kept thinking, well, if we made this movie just for that woman in South Africa, then that would have been mm, enough. Absolutely. Um, but we ended up selling uh, to Image Entertainment in the United States. And we are now available on Netflix, which is huge because 36 million people subscribe to Netflix in the United States. Uh, we were in Walmart. We're on Amazon and iTunes and Christian um, Book Distributor. And uh, pretty much anywhere DVD and VOD is sold. And also, we're, the movie is being seen all over the world. And that's a pretty incredible mission to make a film that goes out and goes into people's living rooms. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. they don't have to actually leave their house to get the message. The message is coming to their house. And that's right. pretty. That's what's so incredible about film. You have the ability to influence people, right, as they're sitting on their couch. Right. Um, and that's, that's an incredible mission platform. And it is. We have my sister and my husband and I write and make the films together. My sister and I have been talking a lot about this lately. This is a mission Mm. and um our our very exciting story right now that's happening with catching faith and i'd love to tell the quick rendition of the story but a woman Mm -hmm. in florida who is from cuba originally and now a citizen of america she was going through a very rough time in her life where she had kind of turned her back on god and had a lot of um unfortunate incidences and she said that she was sitting in her living room scrolling through netflix and happened to come across catching faith and so she watched it And by the end of the film, she said that she couldn't move. She was just said she was enveloped in um, the arms of Jesus. And she said God was speaking to her just 
telling her that he loved her and he wanted her to come back to him. And she mm. said, I never watched the end credits of a movie ever. But because I could not move and leave the couch, I waited till the credits rolled. And at the end of the credits, it says, for the source materials, The Elijah Project, which is a book that's written to go along with the movie that my sister Andrea Polnazic wrote. Uh, there was the website of where the materials were available. So the woman immediately went to Andrea's website, and she said that on the website there was a free downloadable PDF of the book. And so mm. she downloaded the PDF and spent the whole, didn't go to bed that night, stayed up all night to do the study, said it just completely transformed her life. She, a week later, gets in contact with Andrea and said, can I, can I translate this into Spanish? I used to work with missionaries in Cuba, and I want to take this to the women in Cuba because I know this is going to change these women's lives. And my sister said, yes, of course, translate it into Spanish. And she tells my sister the story. And my sister calls me and says, there is nowhere on my website where there's a free downloadable PDF. It does not exist. But this woman went on there and said she found a free downloadable PDF. Hmm. That's a very poor woman who probably couldn't have afforded the workbook. And Andrea said, I don't know. That's that's a God thing. That's a miracle. It doesn't exist. So God wanted this woman (laughs) to have the Elijah Project. And then fast forward a year later, my sister gets invited to go to Cuba to go teach the Elijah Project. When she gets there at every speaking engagement, there were over 300 women who showed up to hear her speak. There are now 100 Elijah Project ambassadors throughout the country teaching the Elijah Project. And now a group of us, filmmakers, all the filmmakers and my sister, are all going to Cuba in October because we've been invited by the missionaries to do a movie tour and show Catching Faith throughout Mm -hmm. Cuba. So that's pretty incredible. (laughs) Wow. So just for my knowledge, there may be people out there who just heard that and uh, maybe had the question that popped up into my mind. Okay, if she has no downloadable uh, thing, you know, offer on her website, how does she get the book to her? (laughs) Or how does she get the material? She could just send it anyway, could she? I mean... No, what I'm saying is that what I'm saying is that the woman said that there she found a free downloadable PDF that does not actually exist according to Andrea. So that means that I believe there was a miracle and God yeah. created a downloadable and, I, and I'm only asking the mechanics of it. In other words, it doesn't exist, so how does she get it? I mean, I was on the website. Does you see what I'm saying? No. I mean, it may <laughs> I be obvious to everybody but me because I'm in a, a, a foreign generation talking uh-huh. about I got the point that it doesn't exist. But what does that mean? I mean, does it mean it did exist because God created I believe that it's that, a miracle. Really, I believe that God I guess put that's that what I'm there. Really yeah. It, it, there it, is it really a downloadable did. PDF. It's just not free. And oh. so the fact that she found a free one, I think, is a, a miracle. Okay. I think yeah. God right. wanted this woman to have it because God yeah. had plans that a year later, you know, Andrea would go and, and teach this. And Absolutely. we're all going to Cuba. And it's opened up a huge door in Cuba for us to go and really encouraging women. And that's my mission is... Um, telling female-driven stories. You know, the Kendrick brothers talk to men, and Andrea and I have decided we want to talk to the women. Yeah. Yeah, well, I just want to take one second to just remind people who might be just joining us that today um, you're listening to Signposts with your hosts, William Boylan and Andrew Boylan. And today we have Alexandra Boylan, who is the um, producer, writer of the films made by Mustard Seed Entertainment, um, Catching Faith, A A Wish for Christmas, um, are some of their films. They make female-driven, faith-based films, and uh, she's our guest today. And we're talking about we're talking about how she got started, but we're also talking about how faith-based filmmaking is a mission. It is a mission to the to the as Paul said to, to claim the gospel to all four corners of the earth, and this is one major way um, of getting the gospel out around the globe. Their films have been have been 
uh, distributed in South Korea and Africa and Cuba. Um, and not in Cuba. We're bringing no, you're it to bringing Cuba. it to Cuba. We're Sorry, it. we've it's been not invited. Yeah. To, but, <laughs> Australia, but you are personally distributing it personally in your <laughs> in your bags as you go to yes. speak to people. I mean, that's a lot of people. 300 people at every event that Andrea went to is amazing. And and now that I say the name Andrea Polnazic out loud, um, and you may in the past have heard her husband Perry Polnazic on this show. Um, they have several missions that they do. Um, Let's talk about the backstory. Let's talk about who is in your on your team. We've we've thrown these names out for the last ten minutes without. And let's give a little context. I'd love to know a little bit more about your director, John K D Graham, um, Andrew Palazic, your writing partner. Um, how do you guys work as a company? Like, how does this how does this function? It's a pretty exciting thing that you have going. You've made two major feature films, you know, that have made it into Redbox. They've been on Netflix. They're seen by thirty seven million people. Um, it's a big deal. Who is your team? So, yes, yeah, so my husband, John Katie Graham, and I met in New Mexico working on movies, and we kind of teamed up and realized that we we were just the perfect match for filmmaking partners. Everything that he had, I lacked. Everything I had, he lacked. So it was like it was just a perfect puzzle mm. piece that matched. And um, we started making films, and then when, when we got the opportunity to make a faith-based football film— um, we do live in Hollywood. I, I don't have children. I do. Um, John, I don't have children. And we live in Hollywood. And I don't think Hollywood is quite the real world. It's kind of lava land. So I said, you know, we will definitely want to bring my sister into this because her husband's a minister and she's really involved in the community in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. And I think she can really guide us and make sure that, you know, I think it's always good to have um well, it's always good to work with people who are smarter than you. That's my number one philosophy. <laughs> and I, I think my sister I think there's a lot of CEOs who believe, I agree with you. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> always surround yourself with people who are smarter than you and uh, go-getter. So, and, and it was also really kind of exciting to get to bring my sister and I to start working together. It's been incredible. So Andrea originally came on as a consultant on Catching Faith, and then she turned into a writing partner. And because she had already worked on these books called The Elijah Project— we actually decided to sort of put the framework around her book that was already mm. written. And that's what the lead character does in the movie. She does this Bible study that uh, transforms her faith. Right. Wow. Mm. Let me add a comment here uh, to, again, show that the hand of the Lord really does appear uh, in what you're doing as you've described it. And mm -hmm. if, if the Bible is what it claims to be, then it is a paradigm of sorts. And by that, I simply mean as God doesn't change. He does the same yesterday, today, forever. He's on. So if, if you really take the Bible as to what it claims itself to be, which is the very Word of God, if it is eternal in the sense that it's not uh, changing on a monthly basis depending on circumstances, but it's really fixed and it's written in the heavens, that's what the Bible says about itself, it's written in the heavens, then what God has done, he will do. And when he does what he has done, I think it's valid and appropriate for any of us, you particularly Alexandra, uh, as you as you work in this field, to say, well, you, you've done again what you did then, and you did it then, so uh, I'm going to assume I'm going to believe on by faith that uh, you're doing it now. And you mentioned, and if those listening to us will have heard you, uh, going into homes. You mm -hmm. said that. This is an incredible thing. And really, when you think about it, you're, you're, you're getting into people's homes. And you know what God did at the beginning when he was getting this gospel message out to the world? He sent Peter to Cornelius' home. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that isn't that interesting mm-hmm. that he uh, uh, this was a breakthrough. Cornelius is a Gentile. He's a centurion. He's a military man. Uh, he doesn't know the truth because he needs to learn it. He's a God-fearer. That doesn't mean he's a believer. It just means that he's got an open mind in some way. Mm-hmm. And God says to Peter, you go to that house. And Peter says, not on your life. I've never been to a Gentile home. I'm not going now. I don't care if you are God. <laughs> You're not going to get me to go there. Cause, and God says, well, and he lowers a sheet full of clean and unclean animals. He says, Peter, you rise, kill and eat. He says, no, no, I'm not doing that either. I, you know, I've never eaten anything unclean. And God says, when I say something clean, it's clean, you eat. And yeah. so Peter gets the message that he can go into this home. Mm-hmm. And so, so if God goes to all that trouble, quote, unquote, uh, in Acts chapters 10 and 11, uh, it must be important to get the home. <laughs> well, for sure. <laughs> right? And we don't even have to knock on the door. We're already available in an outlet that they're already looking for something to watch. Yeah. So in a way, that's kind of also incredible. I don't, we don't have to knock on it and beg them to hear our story or read the Bible or give them pamphlets. They're, we're on their television screen. And I think it is such an incredible um, mission. And we've just been talking a lot about um, how to, to finance these because it is a mission. And we want to work with faith-based investors, people who believe in the message of what we're doing and want to invest their money into seeing this message go out into the world and change people's lives for Jesus. Well, I think this is a perfect segue as we step into our first commercial break of the day and step into this into a new topic, which we'll discuss further in the second half hour, um, faith-based film financing and um, how a mission like this works, so getting into some of the nuts and bolts of, of how this works. But I do want to encourage people, if you want to take a moment, you can find out more about Alexandra Boylan, John, Katie Graham, and Andrea Polnazic at mustardseedent.com. That's mustardseedent.com. Of course, if you have any, any trouble finding them, you can reach out to pastorboylan.com to any of us, and we'll happily connect you up. But we do want to welcome anybody who wants to visit mustardseedent.com. You can come and we'll uh, send you a copy of their first film, Catching Faith, for coming in, just uh, stopping by and sending out a quick hello. But we want to thank you for joining us and hope you stay with us for the next half hour as we talk much more with Alexandra Boylan about faith-based films and her journey with Catching Faith and Wish for Christmas. Um, especially as they go into uh, Cuba in the upcoming months here, which is a real open door for the kingdom. Cuba has been off the radar for a long time. It's been under embargo. People have been able to go there. And now the doors have opened and they were welcomed in right away. And it's been a very exciting journey. And I, I'd love to hear more about it. So thank you for spending this half hour with us. And we look forward to, to uh, you joining us for the next half hour. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.